We're in Psalm 56. We're going to be thinking of the whole psalm, but especially we're going to be thinking of verse 3. And it starts with the phrase, When I am afraid. Hence the title, When I am afraid. Whenever I am afraid. What time I am afraid. Literally, what day I am afraid. Um, Even David had times when he was afraid or he was tempted to be afraid. And is it the same with you? I was on to this theme because of uh, being aware of uh, a number of fears that different ones of us face and it sort of led me to this psalm as a psalm that might be helpful to us this evening. Different fears. What fears are there? What fears are there for you? Health fears. Tests. The diagnosis. Uh, The new mysterious symptoms which haven't been traced yet. The missed heartbeat. The new lump. The recent forgetfulness. People fears. The person who bullies me at school. The person who tries to control my life. The reaction of others if I tell them I'm a Christian. Talking in public about my faith. That awkward colleague. People fears. Financial fears. The cost of living squeeze. Uh, The lost income perhaps. The drop in business maybe. Financial fears. Exam fears. Big weeks ahead for some of us. A lot still to do. And a lot seems to be riding on those few hours in that room. Exam fears. Spiritual fears. Does God love me? Am I forgiven? Will I last? Am I heading for heaven? Spiritual fears. Responsibility fears. My job. My everyday calling. My parenting in the face of big challenges. When I am afraid. Is anyone here who's not felt something of those last uh, few minutes? You're probably not living. When I am afraid. Fears. But there is a a dotted, um, some dots in the title. There's a, a thinking of what's next. Let's add a few dots there. When I am afraid. What's next? How, how do you end the line? How do we end that line? When I am afraid, how, what, what fills in the blanks? 
Well, it can end in several ways. I'm going to give you some. Uh, some good, some bad, some a bit in between. When I am afraid, I fall to pieces. When I am afraid, I phone a friend. Uh, when I am afraid, I hit the bottle. When I am afraid, I get angry. When I am afraid, I face my fears and go forward anyway. When I am afraid, I stay in bed. When I am afraid, I go to the doctors. When I am afraid, I bury myself in pleasure. I forget all about it. When I am afraid, I report the problem to the authorities. When I am afraid, I do the breathing exercises that I've been shown that help me. You see, some good amongst them, some bad amongst them, some indifferent amongst them. Which do you identify with? How does it end for you and I when I am afraid? Well, how does David end it? Verse 3 we're looking at especially, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. Can you grab that? Can you copy David's response? When I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. There's maybe other good things to do, maybe others on that list, which is quite right and appropriate and helpful to do, but have you overlooked this? When I'm afraid, I put my trust in you, Lord. Isn't that the primary thing? Isn't that the most important thing? When I think of this verse particularly in this psalm, it has some memories for me. I found uh, this little phrase that I'm speaking from, especially this evening, a, a gem in my life a couple of times, several times, two times stick out. I've mentioned to some of you before, but one is in relation to a health fear. Uh, my first operation, it's a small one by many people's standards. Uh, I had wisdom teeth out and another tooth out. I had five teeth out. They were hacking away for over an hour, so it was a reasonable amount of time, but a small operation on the scale of things. But it was the first time I'd gone under general anaesthetics. It's a bit of a funny feeling, isn't it, when you face the general anaesthetic for the first time. Uh, I've often found when I've had the little operations I've had that uh, it's good to have a, a Bible verse in mind as you're just awaiting the time. And this was the verse which the Lord put into my mind. Whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you. Whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you. There was another time, and it was special to me, and this is more of a people's, people fears thing. Uh, I was leaving my employer, King County Council, to start working for the church here. Um, it was the, the custom uh, that uh, the people that left in the department uh, had a little goodbye buffet on their last day or in their last week for staff in the department. Uh, there'll be quite a few there, I guess there'll be 20, 25 there, some of them quite senior in the department, 
and uh, I just knew it was a great opportunity I was leaving to do Christian work and I knew I, I, it was too good an opportunity to miss. I had to say something in my little speech about uh, while I was leaving, something to just uh, give them a little bit of a flavour of the gospel. And I was terrified about it. Thinking of speaking to them, thinking of that environment. I've done talks elsewhere, but you know, amongst your own work colleagues, it was different. And uh, through the, the morning before the buffet, oh, I guess 30 or 40 times in my mind, whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you. Whenever I'm, oh, I'm afraid, I will trust in you. What about David's situation, the situation of this psalm? Well, we're told it in the introduction. Some psalms, you get a bit of a clue for the situation they're written in. And at the end of describing a little bit about the sort of musical aspects of the psalm, it says that it's a psalm of David when the Philistines seized him in Gath. So Gath, one of the Philistine cities, what we call now the Gaza Strip, and, uh, well, he'd run there to get away from Saul, who was trying to kill him. So he was already sort of being hunted down, and he already had a lot of trauma that he was going through. And then he uh, goes to the Philistine territory, how wise a move that is, uh, it's, uh, up for discussion. But then when he gets there, you read in 1 Samuel 21, Verse 10, David arose and fled that day from Saul and went to Achish, the king of Gath. And the servants of Achish said to him, Is not this David the king of the land? Did they not sing to one another of him in dances? Saul has struck down his thousands and David his tens of thousands. They recognise him. And it says, And David took these words to heart and was much afraid. He was much afraid. Afraid. That's his situation. He'd had trouble behind and he was now in more fresh trouble. And you get a sense of it in the psalm, don't you? The first verse of the psalm. He feels under pressure and under attack. Be gracious to me, O God, for man tramples on me. That's one translation. Being hunted down is another thought. Being hounded down could well be the right translation. Be gracious, O God, for man hounds me all day long. An attacker oppresses me. Carries on in the second verse. There's no let up. My enemies trample on me all day long. There's going to be people with power for many attack me proudly, or literally, many attack me from on high. These are people who seem to have authority in the scene and situation, and, and their authority was looking down in an intimidating way on David. Their actions were damaging. Verse 5, all day long they injure my cause. And malicious. All their thoughts are against me, for evil. This wasn't, oh, sorry David, didn't realise, uh, forgive me, sorry if I've hurt you. This was intent, this was focused. They were looking to harm and hurt and get rid of David. Others were being stirred up 
against him into verse 6. They stir up strife, they lurk, they watch my steps, they have waited for my life. He was being looked at from all angles. He was, he was, a, he was, a, he was, a, he was targeted, he was a marked man. But in this ongoing, uh, persistent, if you like, growing sense of intimidation, he can say, when I'm afraid, when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. When I'm afraid, I trust in you. That's helpful, isn't it, to know what he he was saying, what he, where he was at. When I'm afraid, I trust in you. He, he repeats a similar sort of thing in verse 4. In God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? Man in his frailty, what can he do to me? And you get it again in verse 11. In God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? And maybe, I don't know this for sure, but maybe there's a, a battle going on in the, in the psalm. It sort of twi- swings, doesn't it, from, from trust to circumstances, to circumstances to trust. And it can be like that in our mind, can't we? We can sort of be trusting and, and worried and frightened and thinking of circumstances, trusting and then back again. But it seems as the psalm goes on that the trust is is growing. And if we then get to the other psalm which he wrote at this time, which we had at the start of the service, Psalm 34, well, there there seems a, a strong note of confidence and thanksgiving in David's mind and heart by then. He knows what his response should be. I put my trust in you. He knows what it... He wants it to be. I put my trust in you. He knows, I think, now what it often is. Perhaps it's predominantly now. I put my trust in you. So trust in God. And can you say that? Can you, can you finish the saying? Can you fill in the blank with those words? I trust you. I put my trust. When I'm afraid, I put my trust in in you, O Lord. The American National Anthem, Star-Spangled Banner, one of the verses, the third verse on the version I looked at, includes, and this be our motto, in God is our trust. Interesting, isn't it? Also learnt this week that uh, on all US coins since the 1860s and cash since the 1950s you've got in God we trust uh, written on there as their motto that's a good good reminder might be tempted to trust in money it was on there to put our trust in God it's a good reminder isn't it in God is our trust Jerry Bridges, American, who's passed away now, great Christian writer, written a book called Trusting God Even When Life Hurts. Trusting God Even When Life Hurts. And on the back it's got, In God We 
and then it's got in brackets, sometimes trust. In God we sometimes trust. In God we trust, we should trust, sometimes it's sometimes. But fear's proper antidote is trust in God. From fear to faith, as some have put it. Are you overlooking the antidote? We do, don't we? We overlook the antidote. We don't finish off the saying this way. We don't transfer our feelings in this direction. Rest in him. Cast care on him. Have confidence in him. Be still in him in the midst of your fears. As the older hymn goes, but very good for this, in heavenly love abiding, no change my heart shall fear, and safe is such confiding, for nothing changes here. The storm may roar without me, my heart may low be laid, but God is round about me, and can I be dismayed? His trust is in God. I remember a sermon many years ago here by Paul Watts. Many of you know Paul Watts. And he was talking about four responses to trouble. There's the FTP approach. There's the POM approach. There's the ICM approach. And there is the TIG approach. It was very helpful. The FTP, the fall to pieces, the fall to pieces approach to trouble. The POM, the poor old me approach to trouble. The ICM, the I can manage approach to trouble. The TIG, the trusting God approach to trouble. Well, we're being encouraged in that last one here. Whenever I am afraid, I put my trust in you confidence in God not in himself but in God well what is the the basis for this what is what are some of the reasons for him to be able to do this we get we get some clues in this psalm his expressions show why he feels he can do this why in his fear he can turn to the Lord in faith There are several, I'll give you four. The first is his word, God's word. It comes up three times in this song, this psalm. I wonder if you noticed it as we went through. Verse four. In God whose word I praise. In verse 10, in God whose word I praise, in the Lord whose word I praise. Significance, you see, the stabilising effect of the word of God. Now, there was something special in this, I think, for David. Uh, God had promised, God had made clear that David would one day be king. Prince Charles never knew for sure sure whether he was going to be king or not. He didn't know who would last longest out of him and his mother. It was unclear. But it was different for David. David had been anointed and there was a revelation from God that he would be king despite all his troubles and Saul pursuing him. It was a special promise. He was a type of the Messiah. 
the suffering and rejection he was going through would lead to exaltation and enthronement and he could rely on that through the difficult circumstances he was going through. And uh, we have no promise of us having kingship or that we'll survive the health scare or that we'll get all A stars or 8s or whatever the sort of grading system is in your exams. But we do have God's word with its promises which bring so much to bear on our worries and our fears. The promise of his presence. The promise of being in his plan. The promise of being under his love. The promise of remaining his children. The promise of final security. That's why we sang how firm a foundation you saints of the Lord is laid for your faith in his excellent word. And haven't you found that so many times that his word, because it's sure and definite and from God, brings such a stabilising effect and dispels so many of the fears? I found that. You've found that, haven't you? You've just forgotten it perhaps at the minute, but you have found it if you're a believer. His word is a great reason for trust. And for the trust to rise and for the fears to begin to subside. And we have here as well his care as a reason for trust. I think verse 8 is a is a beautiful verse, it's a tender verse, it's a, a touching verse, it's almost a unique verse. I just love verse 8 in Psalm 56. In, in the dread of his situation, he can be comforted by the thought of God's tender care. There, there are three great pictures, aren't there, here in verse 8. You have kept count of my tossings, Put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? Kept count of my tossings. Well, you might think of sleepless nights. How many restless turnovers and ups and downs you have. And God knows. More likely the word here could be translated wanderings. Uh, given David's recent sort of excursions and escape and travelling around, that would fit the situation very well. It's another way of translating it. In fact, it's down the bottom of many of these ESVs. You have kept count of my wanderings. I remember when we were um, travelling by car around Paris, um, probably not for the faint-hearted, but we were going around Paris, uh, going from southern France, I think, up to somewhere else, maybe Holland, on our holiday, going around part of Paris, and uh, we were following, as, as you do, our sat-nav system, and uh, all well and good, well, all well and good until you go round Paris. And what is there round Paris? Well, lots of the time you sort of nosedive down under these junctions, you're going through tunnels, you're coming up the other side and the GPS has lost track. 
you've got no guidance, you've got a junction coming up soon, up the other end, and you're waiting for it to kick in because you're just not being tracked through quite a long period of your sort of traumatic journey. Well, it's not like that with the Lord. It doesn't lose track of us through the difficult traumatic times. Always on his GPS system, if you, if you like. You have kept count of my tossings, my wanderings. Second picture. Put my tears in in your bottle. You've put my tears in your bottle. The griefs, last couple of weeks, last couple of years. Maybe the public tears, but probably the secret tears. It's as if God has a bottle under your cheek and each drop is is in there and it's, it's kept and it's measured it's not lost it's not, it's not sort of abandoned it is felt and tenderly cared for by God that's the picture isn't it amazing that the transcendent majestic God of the universe should talk about bottling our tears are they not in your book Keep records, some people keep records. Often good to keep some records, isn't it? What you spend, how much medication you've taken, that's quite good. Maybe you record your days and your activities. Somehow it sort of makes it count sometimes, doesn't it? If you record things, it's sort of in there, it's definite, it's recorded, it's counted, it's booked. It's happened. And our wanderings, our tears, it's as if they're, they're logged. That would be the word, wouldn't it? They're logged by God. His care. Doesn't that draw out of you a spirit of trust when you think about your fears in that way? Jesus and the compassion he had on those around him. They saw them straining on the lake late at night. He saw, he knew. Think of what Jesus said, quoted in prayers, about hairs of our head being numbered. His care. When I am afraid, I trust in you, the God who cares. Third reason in the psalm would be his support or his favour. Verse 9. Then my enemies will turn back in the day when I call this. I know that God is for me. God is for me. Literally, God belongs to me. There is a link between me and God. He is my God, I am his. God is for me. I'm on his side. He's on my side. God is for me. Why should he say that? How can he say that of you? How can he say that of me? It's amazing grace, isn't it? That he set his love on you. And that's not going to be budged by whatever you go through. God is for me. 
in the hospital bed. God is for you, believer. In the prison cell, God is for you, believer. In the exam room, God is for you. In the thick of family life with all its troubles, God is for you. Can't you drink that in? Don't you need to drink that in? That is true, isn't it? God is for you. He he favours you. He set his love upon you. He sides with you. He cares for you. He's committed to you. You have here echoes of Romans 8 and verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And the, it's not, not the if of a sort of question, the doubtful if that we might have. It's the, it's the if of logic. It's the, it's the if of certainty. It's the, it's the since. Since God is for us, who can be against us? In other words, if God is on my side, nothing else matters. If God is with me, my fears are disarmed. That, that's really the sense, isn't it, of what we have here? Doesn't it help sort of chase away the fears? Faith rises and the fears subside. When I am afraid, I trust in you. The God who is for me, your trust is in Christ as a believer. And then a last line of thought. Because of his deliverance, because of his deliverance, by the end of the psalm, he, he's expecting to give thanks. So I think there is progression in the psalm. I think it's, it's growing with an expectancy of being delivered. And in the other psalm, Psalm 34, you, you get it even stronger. It is a much stronger sense of public testimony and giving thanks to God for his deliverance. Perhaps in verse 13, he's, he's looking back at past deliverances. He says here in verse 13, For you have delivered my soul from death, yes, my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of life. Thinking, it was like this before, and God helped me. This isn't the first time I've been in the thick of it. God is a delivering God. Through many dangers, toils and snares I have already come. Grace has brought me safe this far and grace will lead me home. Wasn't it God who helped me and flattened that towering Goliath many years ago? David might say. delivered me in the fear I had over my guilt God is a delivering God we, we lose sight of this we, we get hampered really by spiritual amnesia don't we we forget what God has done in the past and it deprives us of confidence in the present and then when we remember that God is a a delivering God for his people, well, the fears start to be downsized as our faith is encouraged as we think of God's deliverance. For the Christian, 
can look back and say, didn't Jesus die for my sins? Aren't I delivered from the cross? If, by the cross, if that's the case, then, then how do I need to be so intimidated and frightened by my current position? Verse 32 of Romans 8, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how well he not also with him graciously give us all things. So that by the end of this great uh, section in Romans 8, he can sort of look in the face the things that would frighten him and feel unintimidated. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. So, do those four things give you a reason to be defeated? It's just not a word, you know, you know what it's like, I've put it in and I've got a little red squiggle underneath, you know. Well, I've added it to my dictionary now on my, uh, my, my system, so it won't do that anymore. It's just quite descriptive in defeated. These four things, say, give us reason to be defeated his word, his care, his support, his deliverance. You may have, you do have, we have, many different things which are fears or things that would be fears. We may take some very practical steps around them to deal with them and that's right. But isn't this the key thing for us if we're believers? Whenever I am afraid, I put my trust in you. Well, shall we sing another song to finish? It's that uh, hymn, Be still, my soul, the Lord is on your side. Bear patiently the weight of grief or pain.
know that between us we, we face many situations which can be frightening, have been frightening, maybe are frightening. We're prone to such fears. But we pray that it, in facing these situations, whatever else we might rightly do, we pray that we may put our trust in you, receive the consolation, the calmness, the steadiness of putting our trust in a God who has spoken, a God who cares, a God who is for us and a God who has delivered and will finally deliver. Help us to put our trust in you. Amen.